Have you ever met somebody who's just totally on fire for God? And especially for His Word. And I mean, they are searching the Scriptures all the time. And they're listening to podcasts, listening to different preachers, and reading all kinds of different books, and just open to all kinds of different sources because they want to know the truth. They just can't wait to find out. And maybe they don't have a lot of biblical knowledge from their background, and so they have a lot of questions. And and uh, it seems almost as if they're trying to catch up with everybody because they ask like a thousand questions because they want to have the same kind of knowledge uh, that the other Christians have. Or maybe they just want to know everything because they're just so on fire for God. Well, that perfectly describes my good friend Cyrus. I love the fact that he is so inquisitive about the Word of God, that he is passionate, that he's searching it out. And uh, so even though I answered one of his questions in my last podcast, I am going to honor that enthusiasm, that drive for the Word of God uh, by answering another one of his questions today because last night he asked me like three or four. I figured I could take at least one of them and answer it today on our ep- on this episode of Iron Supplements. I am your host, Kevin Trent. And today on Iron Supplements, we are going to be answering the question, if the Holy Spirit was available in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament up until the time of the Gospels, why was it that Jesus told his apostles that he had to leave in order to send them the, the Counselor, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit who would guide them, who would comfort them, who would direct them as to what to say? Why is it that if the Spirit was available, Jesus had to leave to send it. You don't have to go very far in Scripture to see the Spirit working in our universe. As a matter of fact, you only have to go two verses. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I like how Scripture sets up the creation of the universe. Uh, It describes this universe as being formless and empty and dark, and yet the Spirit of God was hovering. And so, over the next six days, God would speak. And the Spirit would move, and the universe would be created. And so that which was formless and empty and dark took on perfect form and order. It went from being empty to being full of matter. It went from being dark to being lit by the, by the stars. And so the Holy Spirit played a role in that. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was available from that time throughout all eternity. And as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit actually worked in men in the Old Testament, or through men in the Old Testament, to do the work of God. And there were many men who had the Spirit for God's purpose, to carry out what God intended for them to do. And yet there's a very 
different description of the way that the people in the Old Testament related to the Spirit and the way that the Spirit relates to us today. And so that's what I want to go into Scripture to talk about. And so we are going to delve into Scripture. And I would like to start in Numbers chapter 11. So go with me there. From Numbers chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, and then 24 through 30. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me seventy of Israel's elders, who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting, that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you, and put it on them, and they will share the burden of the people with you, so that you will not have to carry it alone. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together seventy of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the seventy elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, had not remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran across and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. So the Holy Spirit has always been available to God's people. From the beginning, we see the Spirit at work. And throughout time, we see the Spirit available uh, to different men, different godly men throughout the Old Testament. And in this particular passage in Numbers, we see that God asked Moses to bring 70 men who are elders, who are officials, who are leaders in the community, uh, so that he can take a portion of the Spirit that is on um, Moses and put it upon them as well. And so when that happens, you see that the Spirit rests on them and they prophesy. And uh, that is a very common refrain throughout the Old Testament, that the Spirit comes upon them and then they begin to prophesy. It happened to Saul when he was anointed. It says that the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him powerfully and he began to prophesy. And the people began to say, is Saul also among the prophets? Uh, because he was able to prophesy and he had the Spirit. But you notice the way that the Old Testament speaks about the Spirit uh, and the way it works with men, it's always coming upon them or resting on them or being with them. And so something happens that's different. Jesus, when he talks about or when he promises his Holy Spirit, he gives these apostles a different understanding of the way the Spirit is going to work with men from this point on. 
And he says in uh, John chapter 14 and verse 15, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to see you. Before, the Lord, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So when Jesus promises his Spirit, he says, look, you know the Spirit. The Spirit is with you. In other words, all this time, this, the apostles had had the Spirit with them. And because of that, they were able to do amazing things. They were able to drive out demons and heal people and, and uh, even raise people from the dead um, through the power of the Spirit. But Jesus says, something different is going to happen when I leave. The Spirit will no longer just be with you. He will be in you. And he says, you know what? Just as I am in the Father, you will be in me, and I will be in you. And so this is a different relationship that we have with the Spirit. No longer will the Spirit just be upon us or with us. He actually dwells in us. And so the reason why there is a different kind of relationship and the reason why it couldn't come until Jesus left is simply this. If the temple of God is our bodies, then we must first be totally cleansed for His Spirit to rest in us. And it wasn't until the, the redemptive work of Jesus was done that the Spirit could actually live in us, that God could take up residence within us. And so Jesus had to be crucified. He had to die. He had to be raised from the dead. He had to stay here for the appointed time, and then he had to be raised into heaven. And then at the appointed time, God sends his Holy Spirit to his apostles at Pentecost, and they are filled with the Spirit. And that is the promise for us, that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't just mean that the Spirit is with us or on us, but the Spirit actually lives within us. We are in God, and God is in us. We are in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. Now that is a powerful difference between what was available to the godly men of the Old Testament, no matter how righteous they were, they could not have the Holy Spirit living in them because the redemptive work of Jesus has not been completed and they were unclean. And so no matter how much they tried or how much they would desire to be completely filled with the Spirit, the Spirit could not live in them, but it can live in us. 
It can live in all of us who believe in Jesus, who have given our lives to Him. Because the redemptive work of Jesus is available to all that believe in Him. And everyone who confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord has the Spirit of God not only with them but in them. And we have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We have actually that same Spirit that was there at the beginning when everything was void and dark and without shape. And yet when God spoke, creation happened. And that's what He does in us. He reforms us. He recreates us. His Spirit recreates us. He makes us a new creation. And we have a new life. And we have a new Spirit. And we have new abilities. And God allows His Spirit to rest in us and be powerful through us. Now, brothers, if that does not excite you, I don't know what will. I want to thank Cyrus for that question. And I want to thank you, brothers, for standing with me. Uh, thank you for coming uh, to Iron Man last night and encouraging me. It was great to see so many uh, of our brothers out uh, at the meeting last night. And for uh, new members to, to come, I encourage you all to just uh, help each other out, to strengthen one another, to encourage one another as we walk through this life together. That's what it's all about. That's what it means as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This group lives that out every day, and it's such a blessing to me. And I just want to say one more time, thank you all for listening to Iron Supplements.